We're going. You know what? I gotta, I'm going to throw this out there right now. I have two of the most positive people in my life in this room with me right now. <laughs> There's a story to this. Ben, welcome yeah. to the Big Fat Podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I like being here. I like seeing you guys. And Ben, I got to tell you, I've probably told you this story in the past, right? I told you this story about the positive. Uh, you know, you, you mention things to me every once in a while about being positive and Oh, I tell you what, I, it's 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 nice to hear because you know when 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 people say that you don't really think that of yourself. You just think oh, I'm just a guy making it through life. I would I wish I had a camera. There she is, April. Good morning. <laughs> I wanted to catch that look on your face. Um, I forget that I can just go right to you um, when you're quiet. She had a look on her face. Like I, oh I saw gosh. that. I was I was looking over there. I saw the face. It's like I, uh, I know why he's doing there's that. There's a story behind it. We were in the trailer one time, mm -hmm. and this is way before April and I were a thing. And I was talking. Okay. She was saying to me one time. She was like, "I'm." She goes, "I actually, I'm a really positive person." She's like, "I get told all the time. People mm -hmm. tell me all the time I'm positive, and I try to keep things positive and and whatever." And I grant that. I was like, "She does." And I I told her though. I said. I got to be honest with you. You're number two. You're not the most positive person in the world. And she looked at me like really offended. And I was like, sorry, you're not. You're number two. <laughs> and she was like so bugged. And she's like, really? Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, number one, Ben Berg. Oh, my gosh. He's got you beat. <laughs> I tell you what, if there's any competition, I think you're right up there with me. In fact, I think that's one of the things that my wife um, liked about coming to Big Fat Lunchbox. Don't get me wrong. She loves seeing Milo there, but she's like, she said, I really like seeing April because she's always smiling when you come up to that window. Just, there's nothing better when you're coming so someplace in the morning. It's all like brutally cold. And, and then here she is in front of that window in like 20 degree weather, handing out burritos and helping out milo and she's smiling saying hey how's your day and then she asks about you and she's like i my wife's like i would close that window <laughs> uh, she'd walk away huh? she's like here's your burrito it's time to go <laughs> yeah but i agreed with him i was like you're right i can't even and yeah now i, can, I can't even say no he's not because it still comes up now especially if she's saying something negative i'm like eh, there's a reason you're number two <laughs> <laughs> And the thing about the whole negativity thing is a growing up, I grew, grow, grew up with my great grandfather was from Russia. And so, as you imagine, there's a lot of negativity. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that was one thing I always hard, I, hard, hard people, hard people. And that was something I, I grew up around a lot of, you know, just people being negative, not a lot of positive. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing I always said I did not want. I did not want to be or bring that into being negative all the time. It drives me crazy. Like things suck, you know, like life can suck and it makes it worse when you're just sitting there just being negative all the time. Yeah. And yeah. so that was my little, you know, I, I grew up with, um, you know, my dad was raised by a German father, you oh, know, yeah. German so and they had different tactics as far as like how to raise people and, and their attitudes. Now, my dad wasn't like the most positive person in the world. Um, so I the reason why I'm saying that is I can I can appreciate what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, that's the one things that 
being raised by a parent like they do a lot of things right as far as like you know discipline and all that good stuff but there's also points in your life you're like well i'm gonna make sure that i don't do that yes because you want that comfortability where your kids can come up to you and just say hey dad how's your day going and not worrying about you know what am i going to do wrong to where i can set up my like set off a whole bunch more activity say anything at all you avoid you're right (laughs) you know and not saying that my dad was unapproachable but you know you just you didn't like that feeling of like there was kind of um i don't know you d- you just don't like that feeling of any kind of thing negative yeah and so yeah i i can see that yeah, yeah. I, for sure and then that actually like will um teach you like i don't want to be that way so you guys think that i'm positive uh, if you have never met my brother jeremiah like that guy has gone. He's been through the ringer. He's you up know? at the mine, right? Uh, yeah, he's up at the mine too. I, I used to see him all the time, yeah. but I never, never talked to him. Never. Yeah, he he will. He's probably one of the most positive people that I've ever You're, met. He out positives you. You know, I I think so. That's just me though. You know, saying that, and and then other people will say, you and your brother are alike like i can't stand the fact that you guys come up the stairs and you both are smiling it's like what are what is wrong with you guys don't you hate it here it's like dude, there's worse things in life than coming to here every single day and um you know just glad to really have a job honestly and so and we up there now man i'm telling you i i, I enjoy my job i like what i do but there's just so much negativity going on right there and and people just hating life and Jeremiah and I, we're just up there. We're just smiling fools. We, yeah. we, we're happy. You have to be the yin to the yang, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's not something where I want to like brag about where I say, yeah, I'm just a happy dude. Well, I am, and it's and it's not that. Well, you're choosing to be. I know that not everything's easy. No, absolutely not. And and the thing is, is I came from absolutely nothing. You know, it's 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 not like the old uh, like these sports stories like. Uh, Giannis, what they call that guy, the Greek freak that plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, and he, they, he get literally came from nothing. And now he's probably one of the best basketball players in the entire world. But like for me, you know, yeah, I love, from I nothing, love that guy. Yeah. And he, he's, he's great, you know, and he has, he's a great attitude and he's playing hard. But like for me, we came from nothing, you know, eight kids, you know, living off of the welfare and, and then, uh, you know, scraping by wearing like the XJ 900 shoes and stuff like that. So then when you come from where you're in a family of eight and I don't even know what the M- income was that my parents were working, but we were struggling, you know, yeah. our, our meals every day were soup. So I, I, I don't like soup. I can't stand soup. So when you come from that and then you making the money that you do now with, with the mind, you're like, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm, things aren't perfect, yeah. and, but you don't have that stress and that worry on, you know, so, yeah. Absolutely, and it's great to come from humble beginnings, you know. And, and And I think that's where a lot of the things are going wrong with today's society is that, you know, your kids whine and then you give them everything to make them happy instead of making them work for it which that's what I had to do. Yeah. I had to, I had to work for it. Like all these extra things that I wanted to get as a kid, you know, I'd go work with my grandpa out in like the Pacific yard and fur out there in Spokane and we'd get 20 bucks a week. Yeah. You go and working for him and you're working in that, that, uh, scrap metal, you're getting dirty, you're getting filthy and, and you know, you're picking up heavy things and, 
and you're getting cut and you get 20 bucks at the end of the week and with that 20 bucks you know you save it and you know I very first thing I got because I felt like I was rich with 20 bucks I spent 20 bucks on my very first Oakland Athletics hat Really? I thought it was like the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, I, was like, Look, yeah. I, I got this for myself. I spent 20 bucks. Oh, the Oakland A's were so big back then. I remember. Yeah. Are you talking uh, Mark McGuire? And, Mark McGuire, and, Jose Canseco, yes, Ricky those Anderson, days. Dave Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and those, that was that was just fantastic. So, you know, that's, that's what helps me to stay positive because I know where I came from. And like April said, you know, even now, doing what I'm doing yeah we still struggle kids still get sick you know you're still wondering if you can make that that payment but do you ever worry that you have do you ever worry though that you know you you like you said okay there's things that are good about your parents but then there's things you decide to do differently and Mm -hmm. you're like I'm not going to do that (laughs) now we all do that yeah but do you ever fear that you can go too far the other way and make things too soft for your kids? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the, my thing is is um, trying to be their friend more than, than their parent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, being their buddy. Like, I, my kids are my friends. They are. They're my friends. I get along with them, but I also got to remember that I'm also their parent. Yeah. You know? And I think, yes, for you can go too far one, one way. Like, I, I'll have... Because I'm um, thinking, like, to me, that almost as society has swung that way so far we're like now we're so trying to be make make sure nobody's feelings are hurt Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that uh you know all the kids are growing up and nobody's ever bullied ever in their life Mm -hmm. and and i agree i hated bullies growing up Mm -hmm. but bullies served a function Mm -hmm. sure you know there's there was like this i don't know kind of natural order to the wildness you know what i mean Of, of like these things you either got stronger or you didn't right and yeah uh, I will say that too I mean I I wasn't a big fan of the bullies because I was one of the kids that did get bullied every once in a while but I also knew how to fight I was on both sides yeah I'll admit I was on both sides yeah well I knew how to fight and it is because um and they were shocked when a kid like me you know I was I was well you know I'm not a big guy I'm I'm small and out of out of the my um six brothers I'm the smallest out of all of them. And so when you're growing up and you got, you know, you don't have money, you're wearing raggedy clothes, you know, and your your shoes are, you know, the soles are coming off. And and then people find out that you used to box or you do box and, and they see this small skinny kid and they're like, we're going to fight, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to do this here. And they're like, yeah, we are. I said, I, I'll tell you what, you come to my house and we could put on the gloves and we could do it there. And some people would show up. They would show up. Some of them would show up. And they'd be amazed at, like, how this 85-pound kid uh, knocked the living crap out of somebody that's 145, 150 pounds. Yeah. But those those times and that you going through that also has taught you how to deal with adults because unfortunately those bullies and those people I mean people change don't get wrong but they're mm-hmm. a lot they just grow up to be adults yeah. and so and they grow up to be still some people are still bullies and I and they yeah. just do it in different ways yeah. but I feel like going through all that like I my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up so I grew up very you know not not a lot mm-hmm. either so I totally can relate with that and like I started I had a job very young and so my school clothes and all that I you know excited I got to go to like zoomies and go to these places and buy the clothes I wanted to buy (laughs) still there my kids go to zoomies now Mm -hmm. it's weird but (laughs) so 
Um, but I feel that we have, you know, back to the point of our kids being so saw is like because they have they haven't had to go without anything for the yeah, most part. Seeing there it is. And mm-hmm. they haven't had to go without so their appreciation for things isn't where ours was and that's not their fault you know they haven't had to go without but in some ways don't you see do you feel that they they feel they do because there's levels out there now like kids there's so much exposure to like oh so-and-so has this or so-and-so has this or so-and-so looks good or so-and-so there's so much but we had to do that deal with that too because i had friends that had this and had that you know what i'm saying and i didn't have yeah so it's still on a, the the antes went up, but yeah. kids are still are going without certain things because their other friends has a GoPro or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. so materialistic. Well, I'll I'll say that I, I agree with you, and it, it's not just you know when they they're going without. I think it's also you know it, that kind of makes a kid feel like they're they don't think they are, but they are spoiled, you know. And I think we're hurting them in that way in this society, but also um, self-development as far as like outdoor activities and, and, um, you know, getting away from the Xbox, Playstations. Kids don't have imaginations anymore. So like Milo could probably talk to something about this and maybe you too, um, but when I was a younger kid, you know, that's the only thing we could do is we'd go outside, play sports, you know, basketball, football, baseball, because we didn't have all of these electronics that we have right now. So many things that can put us in front of the TV and not develop the skills that God has given us as far as like our hands and our feet and to to keep us in shape. So when I started playing, um, not playing, but coaching baseball, um, for some of these kids not just out here but when i was living in post falls some of these kids at third or fourth grade couldn't throw a ball over the plate from 30 feet out you know and didn't know how to swing a bat and i know when i I was at a kid some of these kids in third grade man they're throwing sliders they were throwing breaking balls they were throwing curve balls and now some of these kids can't even can't even throw a ball. It seems to me now like there's almost this divide, though. You're right. There's the kids that, that are not getting outdoors. They're mm-hmm. not doing these things. But then you got the kids that are like with, I don't know if it's really the kids or if it's the parents or, or a combination of both, that they're playing their sport 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. They live it. We're going to travel. Like You're going to be a pro someday and it's like there's two extremes now of like kids that don't go outside Mm -hmm. and then kids that aren't almost allowed to be kids and they're like Mm -hmm. oh my kids on this competitive team and they've got dance practice or they've got this and they've got that and they've got you know the parents are like they're scheduled out it's so scheduled out it's Mm -hmm. almost a lack of to me it's almost a little bit of a lack of balance both directions Mm -hmm. it's yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, it's more of like the parents trying to live vicariously oh, through their... I think there's a lot of that. Yep. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You know, where they want to... They well, I, I was so close to doing that. Yeah, yeah. but you didn't. Let, they, <laughs> let, let, yeah. your kid, let your kid be a or kid. Or they want their kid... Or they want the coaches and that to raise their kids uh, and yeah. teach them these things mm-hmm. instead of you being the parent and teaching them I think, these things. I think that's a yes. What you're saying right there, I kind of feel that like a lot of people feel that coaches... Are who was coaches and teammates are, are 
are going to parent their kids, right. you know, almost mm-hmm. like they're going to give them challenges. They're going to teach them lessons and all this other Which stuff is that good, a lot of people aren't. But so, but like I said, I just don't think that there is a balance. I think it's either all one way or all the other way. And there isn't that healthy mix of like, okay, you're in sports, but we have family time. You have your friend time. You have mm-hmm. these things to create all these um, skill sets you're going to need through to get through life instead of just throwing them at one area where then they don't know the other areas of life. It sounds like right. you did the sports, but yet you also had the balance, though. Like you said, you were making 20 bucks a week doing... I yeah. mean, do you feel like that was... Uh, well, and that's the one thing. is like I, I feel, like I said, you know, God gave me my parents for a reason, and that was to have me grow up the way I did and be really kind of like appreciative of what I do have. So my parents as far as how we were raised and what we did, it was exactly what needed to be so that I can um, be the parent that I am right now. Now, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad it's you here with me, Ben, and I don't mean that in any way negative. That's a compliment because I don't feel any pressure with you. We just had major technical difficulties. And that's what I want. I had to restart this thing, and we lost probably 10 minutes of conversation in there. That, that He basically be- told us the entire secret to life. Right. And, <laughs> and now it's still the secret to life. And it's, right. yeah, we lost all of it. And uh, Well, I figured that shit was just for us anyway. Yeah, nobody no. else needed to know. It right. was just for us and for let us be really appreciative of who we are and where we've been in life. So yeah, for good. sure, we were hitting on a whole bunch of of good things right there. Yep. But um, I, but one thing I've had in my mind too is like so one time, I said to Ben. Ben was helping me out. He had, he had a broken arm or something, and uh, and so he was at the trailer you were at the trailer with me we were working together there at the trailer and you were just kind of filling in for something to do and and um whatever there was a transition point in life right there and i said ben do you want to just do this with me do you want to like dude like you're like mr positive you're super good with all the customers and i was like what if we just built this thing together you know and i was struggling because i was in weird transition time in my life too and Mm i was um i was starting to consider like man, I I don't know that I can build this thing. And so I threw it out there to you and I said, dude, do you want to just do this? Like, we'll somehow figure out how to build a brand and build a company here. And Ben looks at me and he's like, dude, I appreciate that you'd ask me. That means a lot, but I hate people. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, what? I was like, "What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I just, I, I hate people. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get on up at the mine and go underground and I can just go do my thing and I can work hard and if I don't want to see anybody for 6 hours then I don't got to see anybody. Right? And I was like, "But Ben, you're mm-hmm. underground and it's hot sometimes and cold and you're wet." And he's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> and it's better than people. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I was blew me away. And I'm yeah. like, "You're but you're so good." At, I kept trying to convince him, "But you're so good with people." I know. I've worked in customer service a lot. I think you told me you managed a Pizza Hut or a Domino's or something. Yeah, I managed a Pizza Hut. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And you're like, I've worked in customer service. I think you said you managed some warehouse or something, or am I oh, confusing I, that? No, I I also managed the call centers as well. Okay, yeah, so and I, that's got to be ugly. I, absolutely. I mean, you're not only dealing with, like, a whole bunch of employees with all their issues and stuff like that, and then... Um, uh, 
then you know you the have general to, public is, well that is snarkiness. and that and plus every once in a while you have to take that call where the customer wants to take your family and your and on every single belongings and take it from you because you're so mad and it's just because their cable television got turned off because they didn't pay their bill <laughs> you know so and then when you're dealing with food you, you get people in there that are that are hangry man and then you you try to give them the world and it's still just it's just not good enough you know you're right people get emotional mm -hmm. especially about food yeah absolutely emotional so when when you brought that to me i was thinking gosh you know that that sounds good and just really flattered honestly because I've you you've been a help and you you may not think this or not but you've been an inspiration as well and you're gonna be like well how did I do that I'm mr. negative it's like yeah you know what I don't I don't feel like you were mr. negative but you helped me out when I needed to be helped and even in when we were mining together you were that guy that helped me stay positive because you know I, people made me feel like I was never doing good enough you know, when I, when I I was I was your guys' minor three, right? And I was out of the lunchroom before anybody, and I was the last one always there. And I always felt like I was never doing good enough, and I was only getting, like, three hours of contract, right? And then Milo was the one that actually said, dude, you deserve every bit of that six hours that they can give you. You're the first one out, and you're the last one in. You're working hard, and you go above and beyond, right? And just to kind of hear that positive feedback help me out so when you hmm. offered me that I was like this guy sees value in me that I didn't see so it was it was um, motivating so you you have you have I had that little bit from you and actually that little bit was a lot and it helped me out quite a bit and so um, when you offered me that I liked it it was flattering it helped me to do better in what I do now and like the reason why I didn't want to do it was because yeah customers irritate me you know and I, I shouldn't be that way but it's just customers it's the whole customer service as far as like people are concerned I could be in a group of people but I can't serve them food I, I can't I can't do that stuff and the other part was is like I didn't want to disappoint you huh. and the reason why I didn't want to disappoint you is because I don't have that discipline that you have as far as being able to get up and take care of my own stuff, I, I'm one of those people that have to be, like, you have a set time, you have to be there, you have to do this. And I know people say that, well, that's the same idea as, as far as being a, a, a business owner. It's like, yeah, but then it's all on me. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that stress and I can't, um, I'm just not, I don't feel like I was disciplined enough, so I didn't want to be like get into that business with you and flake and then not only uh maybe demolish a business but lose a good friend i can respect that and i i i can respect that it's and i'm wow i'm super flattered that you 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 said that i i took it as like oh he sees like this is a dead end and I'm going to burn and crash and burn. And this is all going to be a big failure. He doesn't want to go down with me on this. No, that wasn't it at all. <laughs> I, I like, I like your verges because you, you've offered to do me uh, more than once. She's like, Hey, come, come over here, Ben. I, I can make you a rock star. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I, I believe that. And there's, therein lies the other problem. I'd be a rock star. I'd make all this money. And then, you know, I would just blow it. I would. I, 
I just, oh, gosh, I, I'm just afraid of my own discipline or lack thereof. Oh, you know? dude, I am incredibly undisciplined. Okay. And I also, I need to be accountable to somebody else. I need, I need that. I need structure. Like I struggle with it. That's a big p- part of the reason of why we're probably not where this, our business could be is because mm-hmm. of that lack of discipline. And, and so I guess what I saw in you is like, you had a really good heart and I knew that you were the type of guy that if we had any problems, we could talk it out. Yeah. Like some people, you can't mm-hmm. talk things out. And sometimes people, you don't want to talk things out. You right. don't want to even give them that respect. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, you don't even want to, right. but I could see that in you. I was like, here's a guy who I feel like he has a good heart. And I feel like if we had any problems, we would both be trying to do right by the other person Mm -hmm. and trying to uh, help each other get there versus just battling with somebody or or starting to hold your cards close and whatever. I don't know. Uh, That's why I threw that out. I I knew you were a hard worker and I knew you cared. And uh, you also had a family that you cared about. Mm -hmm. And for all your shortcomings that you saw, what I saw was a guy who was incredibly dedicated to his wife and kids who he's going to, you know, want to take care of them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, what's going to hold you accountable. And, and, um, there, so there was a lot of things I saw in you. Yeah. You, you know, you were, you were a deep thinker. You cared about things. There was a lot of guys up at the mine who I couldn't hold a conversation with because, unless it was about football or, or beer or hunting or something like right. they couldn't hold a conversation. Yeah. Um, they couldn't even discuss the nuance of, of things. And, mm-hmm. and I felt that you could, I, anyway, I saw that all, all that in you and, and, you know, and, and honestly though, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, but I can't ask this guy to, to also risk with this wasn't his dream and this wasn't, you know, whatever. And I was trying to figure out, is it my dream or what am I doing here? You know? And, and it's, how does a guy take, go from going at the mine and, and all of a sudden give up on the benefits and the medical and all this other stuff when he's got a young family and mm-hmm. go do this. So I didn't blame you at all for being like, I appreciated your self-awareness and that you were like, I, and your honesty, mm-hmm. that's what I appreciated, which I only had more respect for you because I was like, Oh, he's, that's the problem I find with most people is they're not going to just own what their thing is, what their weakness is, what their issue is. And for you to just identify it and say, I hate people, <laughs> you know, for you to just own that and throw that out there. I was like, oh, that's incredible. His honesty is incredibly refreshing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I think you did tell me at that time, I need somebody who's got to tell me what time to be here. I need all that. And I was like, that self-awareness is what I find is lacking in most people. And they may be aware, but they're not honest enough with themselves or others around them to just say that and put that out there. That's why I still firmly believe that I'm like, oh, I could, you know, I could do a lot of things with Mr. Ben Berg because of that honesty. If we had that honesty and that self-awareness, then we can deal with things. It's, it's with, it's when you're dealing with people who can't be honest with themselves that Mm -hmm. you can't accomplish things. So well, you know, and that's, like I said, that's very, that's, that's nice. That's good stuff to hear. But now it looks like you got quite the partner on the other side. There. I have an amazing partner. Yeah. The only reason that we are still in business is because of her. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, they're going to be in business for a while. Yeah. I, I, I so, so you got me, but in a female form, that's, ah. that's gotta be better, right? 
I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) And April is, she, she is, uh, in so many areas, she's way more of a, has different strengths than I do. We have, we both come to this with different strengths, Mm -hmm. which is good because if we were both the same on all this, it probably wouldn't just work as well. Um, but yes, we've, and that just kind of happened. That wasn't even some plan or anything. It was weird to our story. Um, that how we came to be and there was there was times i was very willing to just walk away even there's times now where i'm like are we doing are we doing this for the right reasons still you know are we you know we don't have to cause problems we you know whatever yeah and i'm always willing to be like let's rethink this yeah um but april has always i don't know brought something different to the table um and that we somehow keep plotting on we are able to support each other through this i can tell you and not not to totally get off topic there but as far as when she was up there at the at the counter you know working up at the mine like did you see that new girl that's up there i mean who are you talking about she's like well the brown haired lady that works up there i'm like yeah i've seen her quite a bit like she's gorgeous <laughs> I said, that's milo's girl man you leave her alone uh, yeah. <laughs> so i mean you're you're doing good as far as like you know that other positive side and plus you you got a lady up there that people like looking at i'm not <laughs> not lying man. And they, she they, is beautiful and so so you got you got that standpoint and it's nice to have that uh but i also heard i remember the time they came to you and and were asking about that young girlfriend of mine who was oh my, yeah, and you're your, like your that's daughter. his daughter. Yeah, that's his daughter. That's, yeah. yeah, they did that too. And, and I, I told that to Alex, and I said, yeah, Ben said he was up at the mine, and guys were saying, man, Milo's got a young hot girlfriend yeah. or something, and yeah. Alex was so disgusted. Oh, I told I her this, and she was like, that's disgusting. That's... I just laughed. I laughed, and I'm like, I'm hugely complimented that these guys could think I could, uh, you know, score some young right. girlfriend, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I just laughed, and she was like, that's so disgusting. But anyway, you, so I always love your little reports when you come back from the mine. I know, and, and the thing is, is people ask me, "Are you Milo's spokesperson?" I said, "Not really. I guess maybe I'm like the unofficial spokesperson, but up there at the mine. Well, what's Milo doing? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm, he's like, well, they they changed the schedules, and then then I came and talked to you right shortly after that, and as far as like your schedule there at the big fat lunchbox, and I told him up at the mine like. Well, actually, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, so they weren't disgruntled that whenever we went there, that Milo's not there. But now they understand of yeah. why it's there. Huh. So it, it kind of made them feel like, well, that's actually pretty smart because, yeah, I don't go there every single day, you know, and I don't go there every single day because, well, they're good food. But man, if I if I ate that every day, I don't know if I'd want to move. You know, it, the food is fantastic. Don't get me wrong what they said, but. I won't be able to to it's a splurge uh, item. Definitely. It, it, yeah, it, it and it is. You know, you don't want to eat McDonald's every day. No, you know. No. But um, yeah. So when they heard that, it was fantastic. But what I wanted to say to you was, on my way, actually, I got up. I think at like uh, three o'clock this morning to put some more wood on the fire. You know, and your your podcast automatically came right to my mind like instantly and i was thinking that we were going to talk about this right here as far as like uh 
when I first started, you know, helping you out and all this good stuff. And like, you know, then I, I had a feeling that you were going to talk to me about, you know, is this the right thing to do? And I was thinking, you know, if he does talk to me about that, what am I going to say? I honestly, I, d I didn't really have an idea except for this that just came to my mind is that when you came to work at the mine, you were, and don't take this the wrong way, you were, you were unmotivated. You hated working there. And there was those times where we were working like with Ben Turnbull and, and uh, Adam Hoban, you know, and they were like, they came into your heading where you're working and you were, you were jack legging. And by the way, they don't use jack legs anymore, man. It's all C-Mac now, which it's slowing down production for quite a few people. But besides the point, they went into your heading and you were doing good. They said, you're doing good. And then Milo, I guess, like, just put the jack leg down. Worst job ever. <laughs> you know? And, and then there was times, and I still think about this today, when Milo came into our beat room and I see Milo coming in and signing the blast sheet and then signing out his, his uh, time card, you know, and I said, how's it going, Milo? And I, I tell, tell people this at, at work today because it helps me smile. I'm not going to lie. It was like, I said, how's it going, Milo? He said, you know what? I'm thinking about just putting my mouth around a muffler and calling it a day. <laughs> and, and you know what? When I'm having a bad day at work, I think about that. And I'm not lying to you, dude. It works every single time i just start laughing and people will be in the beat room and like <laughs> what are you laughing about i said this it's just for me <laughs> this is just for me and so the reason why i'm bringing up those stories like those those are they're neat stories you know don't get me wrong they're they're great stories but i felt like i needed to tell you that to help you stay motivated in what you're doing because you were always excited about starting this. Yeah. I remember you talking to us in our refuge chamber to me and Greg and Adam and saying, this is what's going to happen. I'm excited about doing this. This is, and you put everything into it and you have, man. I mean, look at what you're doing right now. All this stuff that you guys have built together and that what you continue to do and you're finding different things that are working out and, and it's working. You guys probably aren't exactly where you want to be right now, but remember where you came from or what you didn't like and how you enjoy this of what you're doing right now you keep this going man you guys are going to do fantastic it's just like i said it was i didn't have that discipline look at what you've built i mean it all flies by and you makes you feel like you haven't done anything you know yeah but being on the outside looking in you guys have actually done fantastic and I'm saying that because I'm proud of you both. Like I, I really am. What you guys have been doing has been has been fantastic. Stay motivated, man. If you want to come back at the mine, heck yeah, I'd take you in a heartbeat. You come work <laughs> with me every single day. You know, I, I wouldn't mind taking you back up there. But at the exact same time, I want to remind you of like yeah. where you came from and what you didn't like about the place. And I'm telling you right now, you can make good money up there. You can, but the morale up there is not good yeah and it spreads like an infectious disease yeah you know and then if you can't separate yourself from that then your your day every day 
is horrible and it gets to the best of us at times up there yeah at least right where you're at you can control your environment you're the boss well you're second in command but <laughs> right but um yeah man i like i said come back if you want to but i think you guys are doing fantastic <laughs> I don't know that I'd have it in me to go back up there. I, I don't. I Things would have to, you know, I, and it's, there's a lot of great people up there. I miss the people. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know that I could go back up there. I just, I just wouldn't have it in me. The, you know, the thing that it was, was that I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I don't know, express my personality by making, like, we're spending so much time up there, but you can't make the place homey. You can't feel like it's your place. Like, if you were to put something in a refuge chamber to make it feel a little homey, mm. somebody would destroy it. A cross shift. Somebody would just go in there and randomly destroy your stuff. You and couldn't leave personal belongings yeah. there. You mm. couldn't, like, you know, whatever. In this space that we have, it's actually just, it's it's a place to express myself. Sure. You know, and, and so... I think what I was so excited about back then was I didn't really know where it was all going to go, but it was a way to um, not just express myself, but to create an experience for people. It wasn't just sandwiches. Remember, it was about music. Yeah. Remember the time we mm -hmm. cooked underground? Yeah. Like, I had to have a little Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. We, and we were listening. Chris, uh, was it not? It was uh, Chris. Was it Chris Rock they were listening to? Uh, it was one of his um, comedian stand-ups that we were listening <laughs> that was to. Just, you know? I think that was a different time, too, though. I but did, we did do that, yeah. We did do. We listened to some of those stand-ups. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think when we did, like, Cuban Sandwiches Underground, yep. I was playing Frank Sinatra yep. and Dean Martin yep. Yep. in front of those guys. Yeah. Like, I, and I was like, I was trying to see their reaction. Because these guys cool. are like, these guys are hardy, you know dudes they're hard dudes and mm -hmm. i was like making sandwiches playing a little frank sinatra and dean martin and creating trying to create a vibe you know two thousand feet underground or mm -hmm. wherever we were and um and that's what it was was to create i was trying to create an experience mm -hmm. and uh anyway so those those are some of my best memories up there is when we were underground like that uh, those times some of those times we had good talks too and some of those headings and everything i always liked all that kind of stuff um it wasn't obviously i didn't enjoy the work so much but because you were just by yourself in this hole mm -hmm. and doing your thing but um it really bummed me out that like you couldn't make that space feel like it's your own sure. and it, in a way this tacky little trailer of ours that's an, an extension of our home right and we get to express ourselves how we want to there Perfect. it's not even so much about not having a boss in a way we do and in a way it's the customer it's mm -hmm. it's whatever there's lots of different ways we can look at that but it's a way of i don't know i just i feel more i feel at home there i never felt at home at the mine i always went up there and i just had this dark feeling like the morale was low and and sometimes the things i would say to you is is because i i knew how positive you were so in times i knew i was going to maybe get a laugh out of you i enjoyed getting a laugh out of you so i would try to be I don't know. I think subconsciously, I think I was just trying to get a reaction out of you and uh, just come up with whatever because I enjoyed those. Once I met you and I was like, oh, this guy, this, I really like this guy. It would, it would be to just get that rise out of you. And it, and in turn, you brightened my day. Like you always brighten my day up there. And I always like, we could talk for hours in some heading and and we did that we did that we did that quite a bit i mean doing utilities and sometimes they just stop you and we we would just talk and 
I, I, at my stage of my life in that kind of work we were doing, I needed that. And see, so we fed off of each other. Yeah. It wasn't just you feeding off me. I was, I was feeding off you too, cause I needed it. And you were the only person that I can actually, I mean, I could talk to people, don't get me wrong, but it was the type of conversation that you and I could have that I liked because I, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the most intellectual, but there's more things to life than beer and, and, uh, sports, you know, or the lewd jokes up there. There's the life. You let me know that there's life outside of here and the other people are, uh, paying attention to it as well, you know, and, and we, we'd bring up all kinds of stuff to talk about. And that was great. I mean, any topic that I brought up, you knew about any topic that you brought up, I knew about, you know, and it was, it was nice. Cause it was nice to have an actual adult conversation. Yeah, yeah. About relevant things. Yeah, about relevant things. Yeah. You know, things that, that mattered and and sometimes things that would actually uh those were the times out. that I felt normal and real. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time up there I had to keep myself to myself because guys they I didn't relate to them and they didn't relate to me. I'm in this foreign environment, underground, feeling like I'm on a different planet with guys who I don't really see the world the same way as. Yeah. And a lot of some of them I did. There's a lot of great guys up there. But I couldn't figure out how to, like, there's some guys up there, they can't imagine a life outside of that place. And I was like, how do I get to that level? Like, how do I get to that where I can, like, where I just accept and embrace this? And I just couldn't, which is why I I was hoping it was going to come to me, Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't coming to me. You were a good hand, too. And that's what was, uh, like, when you decided to leave, I mean, I, I... There was a part of me that felt like you were going to, especially after you talked about uh, starting the big fat lunchbox. You know, I was like, okay, this is this is actually going to happen. And and Zendars even says, you know, this guy he really doesn't like it. He he should probably just leave. And I was like, I hope he don't. I mean, honestly, I hope he doesn't because he's a good hand. And Greg said, yeah, he is, but he's just not happy. And I felt that too. But you, man, you were good. I remember this one time, we were up at uh, I think it was like. Um, 17-2-A-4 up on the 38 and it was you and Adam and Adam talked to you he's like hey Milo and you know there were both you know the east and west headings I don't know if you remember this or not but you're both east and west headings and you did the west and he he did the east and there was uh, a round lane in each heading minimum width and Adam comes up to you at the start of shift he's like Milo let's cycle these things and you went and mucked and bolted that round and Adam mucked and bolted the other round and we got both of those rounds in that day. You guys cycled those two rounds and I was impressed. It was like, cause I, I don't think it was till about like 9.30 when, when he said, hey, let's go do this. And I think you guys got up into that heading at, at 10 o'clock. Adam cheated too, by the way. <laughs> I he, don't doubt. Well, he cheated <laughs> because you were mucking out with... Uh, with a two yard, right? I think and, so. And, and now I'm remembering. Now I'm and starting he to remember went and this. Got, he went and got that cabless four yard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing to me that you remember this and you remember like the address of where we were basically. Yeah. That's well, wild. it played a big effect because I was impressed. I was impressed with it. I mean, when you're a minor three and you see this guy that um, was in minor three 
graduated from minor three right as I got into the minor three. Yeah. And then we ended up in the same headings. And I saw your development. I was like, this guy, this guy's good. I mean, he's barely, he, he's been out of uh, minor three training probably about three months longer than I've been out. Right. And, but you were like a lot further as far as, uh, the capability of mining <laughs> and you were able to actually do that. It's like, so when I saw that and he did it and a four wasn't the easiest of the headings, it wasn't. I liked a three a lot better. I don't know why, but I liked a three a lot better. And, um, you, you did it with ease. And after I, at least I felt like it was ease. I know you were like, Oh, this is horrible, but you did it. And I thought this guy can make this, this guy can do this job, but you were, I just don't think you liked the whole environment of it. I, I don't think you really minded the work. I think it was like the whole, the whole thing you didn't like the, the, I had other things going on in my life too, as well at that sure, time. And, sure. and you know, I just, I don't know. I was, I think I was at this point where I, I just, I don't know. I, was trying to make sense of some things. I was trying to figure out my life. I, you know, we're dealing with home issues and everything else. And honestly, there's things too. Like, I, I feel like that on those occasions, I needed that pressure. Like, I don't feel like I operated up there, um, to my potential a lot of times because mm -hmm. I just, I don't know why I just didn't feel that pressure. I think on a day like that though, I felt that pressure like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. i I feel very flattered by your compliments because I just didn't feel like I was, I knew I wasn't considered like a bad guy or whatever, but I wasn't exceptional. I felt like I was pretty, I'm a small guy. Mm. Uh, we're throwing a lot of weight around up there. I was worn out. It was beating me up. I got started the game a little late. I was 40 years old, you know, yeah. and um, it was beating me up and I don't know. So there was times I just didn't feel like I was very good at it at all. So I'm amazed that you felt that I was, Cause I was like, you and I had the same trainer in minor three training. I oh, felt yeah. like I got out, like I'd gotten worse. Like I, this guy did not do me any, f I just, he, not to he put all the blame me on down him too, man. Yeah. He, I just started yeah. to overthink everything. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he did with me. And then I, I talked to like Jeremiah and he's like, look, what they do is they teach you safety. Yeah. And he says, and, and the trainer that you had he makes it out like it's rocket science. I'm going to let you know, it's not. It's not the prettiest thing in the uh, world to do. I got to where I couldn't place a bolt. Yeah. I couldn't do anything without yeah. overthinking it mm -hmm. about which square do I go into right here. And one square off, like, right. oh, that was dumb. Well, and see, in our, our trainer that you and I had, um, I was trying to figure out things for myself. And I told my brother Jeremiah this, and I said, but no matter what I am do, it's never good enough. And so he told me that story. He said, you know, I, he said, I've been mining since 2001 and you know, you get these old guys in here where you have to do it exactly their way. And if you don't do it their way, then you're not going to get that, um, that bumping up and pay, or you're not going to get those good headings. So he said, he says, I've worked with Boyd. He says, I'm going to tell you this, learn his ways. And as soon as you learn his ways, you'll get out of that that minor three training dude as soon as i did exactly what he wanted down to the t that next week i was out i memorized every move of his every single one of them but the bad part was is i took that to the headings mm. and that was bad 
like that was horrible <laughs> that that ends up what holding you back from progressing absolutely further on. absolutely but then the other thing after that after i got out of uh that training i think i was in a stoke for a week and then they put me into development and what did i do in development i was pretty much just i just loaded rounds and every once in a while i'd muck out around or i was loading up a bolter yeah, yeah. or i was going getting powder so then i was in that for almost a year and then i went back into the stope it's like oh my gosh i'm learning this all over again and that's when i started working with you yeah yeah what's interesting is i took those experiences and now like we hire employees and and we then have to figure out how to train people and i really try to avoid those pitfalls of being so like it has to be done this way yeah i try to be open to people it's not easy um training people it's just that some people have a feeling for it some people don't have a feeling for it but i did try to take those experiences and now all of a sudden the roles are reversed i've developed a system or i've developed a way that i got to teach other people and i'm like how do i do this to where they don't all of a sudden they're second guessing everything they do yeah um because that did that impaired both you and i it was actually refreshing when i met you and i first talked to you and i was like wait who's your trainer mm-hmm. and we were both and i was like and we kind of opened up to each other and i mm-hmm. said i feel this and you're yeah. like yeah i do too yeah. like, really because like did you do feel this or did you go through this and you were like yeah and i we started to share all that and i started to feel normal because yeah. i didn't feel normal i felt like i'm a loser when mm-hmm. i came out of training with that guy right and all of a sudden we were like wait it wasn't us yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't and that's the thing is like we were talking about with with the kids too i mean even as adults it's you still got to let us think for ourselves yeah you know otherwise we we don't develop yeah even at this age uh, day and age with with our our age i can still develop you know and i can still get good at things but you got to let me think for myself because that's how i'm going to get better if you start doing moves that that other person does then it it goes without thinking and so then you just stop thinking and then when you go in and just do repetition just because it's repetition you end up messing up yeah you know so it's interesting though that you bringing that into almost like parenting it's it is interesting Mm -hmm. i think there's times in my life where i kind of did that even with my own kids where it's like okay now they're they're too afraid to think for themselves and they're like trying to think what then what's my next step here because anything i do is going to be wrong and now i'm i'm hesitant and, yep. and it keeps them back yeah uh i've never thought about that mm-hmm. i've never put those two and two together i know I, I've, I've i've recognized it in myself at times where i've maybe done that mm-hmm. and then as i've gotten older now i'm like i've backed off completely the other way and i'm just like i'm super like here figure it out go figure it out right you, you can know? give people and, advice yeah yeah, but and, I wish I had adopted that a little bit earlier. I I wish I'd adopted that a little bit earlier. Well, see, and then there you go. I mean, that's that's the learning experience in itself, yeah. right there. And and hopefully that got that gets carried on to our kids, you know, yeah. that they learn how to don't be like me, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Think for yourself, because I did the same thing to my kids, where they were more like, you know, when I was first parenting, getting into the adult thing. I always know better kind of thing do it my way and so then the kids would well what i need to do this how would dad want me to do it or i need to do this what would make dad happy you know and or what would make dad so he's not mad at me you know so when they do that they get so nervous that they make a mistake you know and 
and then at first I, like I said I wasn't a great parent I'd, I'd get mad but now I think that's another thing that helped me with this mining because I fell into kids or into adults that reminded me of my kids they were worried about what the boss was going to say or what the boss was going to do or they were going to worried about what I was going to say or what I was going to do and um, I don't want them I don't want that feeling because it hurts me does that make sense? Oh, where, yeah. Where they're, they're intimidated, and I'm not supposed to be that way. I'm supposed to be this person that's compassionate and, and meek and, and, and nice and to help them develop it and instead of, like, you know, do exactly the way I want it, how I want it. Because not everybody can do it the way I want it or the way they, that it needs to be done. Everybody has their own way of going about getting things done, and it'll still get done, you know? But you got to be patient so that they can figure that out. Like I said, you can give them advice. Oh, this is a this is a route that I go, but I do it this way because this is what's easy for me. So you can try this way, but don't be afraid to try a different tactic that helps you to get it done. That might be easier for you. Yeah. Like you know, like yeah. with how you taught me how to bolt up around of how you would station yourself the, the what you would do first and then you would stand here and then you could do the rest of it and i'm like oh my gosh that just opened up everything for me after that um i i was able to muck and bolt around in a in a shift take me all day to do it you know but i was able to do it after i got that standpoint after i got that piece of advice now i i made some i made some changes to it that was easier for me yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. Instead of like, just do it this way and there's no other way. Yeah. Kind of like w what you're probably doing with, with training people. Yeah. And I'm doing that with my kids now. Yeah. And it's getting better. Well, everybody thinks different and works different. And yep. yeah, their brains work differently. So they have to adapt to how they do things. And it's not, yeah, it's never going to be the same. April no. is much better at all that. I noticed too, though, with her kids though. She's much more open. Um, I'm, I was just more like, boom, shut, like, look, anything outside of this, I'm going to shut this down, you know? And I, I noticed, because she's, I have a different approach now with her kids. Mm -hmm. Like, we have two high school aged kids in the house, and they're mm -hmm. April's kids, everything. And, and my approach is much different, you know, about things. And, and especially because my position is much different. But I notice that, you know, she does that differently with the kids and a different approach with employees. Um, which is interesting because we both have different approaches. And when people start working for, with us, they've got to learn both of us. I feel bad for them. I'm almost too empathetic. And now I, I'm almost trying to make things too easy. And that creates its own problems now because now I'm trying to not be that tyrant. I'm trying to not be like things are just this one way mm -hmm. to where I almost I go too far the other way and I enable them to just kind of let things go the wrong ways until almost to the point of entitlement i notice yeah. and i create this other problem the problem is me i'm the problem so i notice in things that even with them when i'm trying to train people or bringing people on you know you can go too far the other direction that's why i say am i am i a boss or am i a friend mm -hmm. you know or a parent or a friend like if you're not if you're not finding that balance between compassion but yet i'm also the leader here or i'm this or i'm that things can have unintended consequences they can go sure. in directions to where now i got a real problem here that yep. we can't seem to fix and this person doesn't want to have the patience to fix it mm -hmm. and i don't think i have the tolerance to put up with it or something anyway april's approach has been different on things and other people are like 
she's just very direct. You're very direct with employees. Her a thing is, which is funny, because I feel like it's almost a little bit opposite of, I don't know if it's opposite, but different with kids. But it, she's very direct. If this is wrong, I'm going to correct it right mm -hmm. now on the spot. I'm going to let things go way too far. Yeah. And yeah. we both have these different approaches. I've read a lot of books. <laughs> See, that... I've read a lot of books on that, and now, like, a lot of things came like that. And I am pretty direct. I don't, but, you know. Yeah. That, but that approach is how I was, how I was with my kids. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to correct this right now. Like, I didn't let it go. I yeah. didn't. And I think because I, my reason is it's different. It's a different when I'm dealing with an adult or different when I'm dealing with a kid. Kids are learning. Yeah. They're learning. They're still developing mm -hmm. and they're still doing their thing. I haven't always been that way with kids. My, even my oldest can contest to that. Sure. huge. But as you grow up parent, your parenting style changes and you grow up and you figure things out. But when you're dealing with adults, like business wise, I just, I don't want no great. I just, I don't want no great. I, this is, I will don't tell them how to do it specifically, but I tell them what, you know what I'm saying? Sure. They got to figure out their own style, but I am direct. Yeah. Well, you know, and I don't mince my words. No. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, I think this is the, uh, the important reason of, uh, you know, having a, a husband and a, and a wife raising kids together is because you do have that balance and I, I'm, I'm right there with Milo as far as like it's it's I was very direct with my kids you know but it was nice to have that female presence in there with me to that helped the kids out you yeah know? because um, dad was the iron fist and mom was the cuddly I can come to mom I need that comfort kind of a thing you know and so um, and I learned a lot from my wife mm -hmm. you know like little tiny tactics too that you wouldn't think would make a huge difference yeah. but they do and like realizing like hey every kid's different they're not all Ben Bergs and all, all Milo Solomons you know no, they're, they're they not all that. have to be parented differently absolutely and you know one of the tactics that she taught me to do was that when I was to explain something to them or if I was getting after them, is I'd, she'd say, get down on your knees and look at them in the eye. Don't look down at them. Look at them. Yep. Get on their level. Yep. Get on their level and look at them and explain to them what's happening. Yeah, not instead just, of just like right. this is what I said. Right. And that's one of the things I used to do. Like, well, dad, what I have to? Because I told you to, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and that's the way I was raised. You don't yeah. question me, boy. Yeah. You know, you do what I, what I tell you to do, but you get a better, as I learned from my wife, you get a better response yep. by explaining why things are being done. Yeah. Because then it also helps you, like, really, like, why are you having to yeah. do this? Why? And, may, and then in your head, you're like, well, why am I doing it? Right. Like, just because this is what I've always done or I have need really no reason. Right. See, and that's what it is. You need to learn your role. You need to learn that <laughs> I told you to do it and you don't do it without question. Right. But that was wrong of me to do that. But and I also get wrong is that I have to I do play both roles, too, mm -hmm. though. I have to be the one to what my kids learn. But there's times, you know, as you know, being divorced parents or whatever sure that I have to fill both of those roles at different times and that's got to be tough 
Oh, it, that had to be tough. Yeah, world. absolutely. That has to be tough. Yeah, and I, and because sometimes I don't want to always be the bad guy, or I don't, you know, always want to be. And so I have found in this world where before I have become much more of not the bad guy, because you know what I'm saying. I don't have that play there, so I have become more understanding and more, you know. Yeah that way so to let my kids like they're learning they're going to make their mistakes and if i don't let them make their mistakes then right. they're never going to learn with my oldest daughter that was a whole different game like i you know and i was still her mom and her dad but i don't know it's just different i've learned a no, lot <laughs> absolutely and that's that's the bad bad part about being the firstborn so yeah, is yeah. because you are the guinea pig. You are the first out of these two parents that are actually first starting to be a parent, and they you're learn. like the rough draft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you that uh, <laughs> with the progression of my my kids, I've I've got better, but to extent like with my last one, I'm starting to think I'm being a little too lenient on you, boy. <laughs> oh yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh yeah. And it's like Ben, are you getting tired? I don't know. I you think just, I'm carrying a whole lot less now. <laughs> you learn that those battles that you pick, it doesn't matter in the end. Yeah, it right. really doesn't matter in right. the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, you got your rough draft, like Milo was saying, and then you got your you got your your middle one, and then they're doing better than the third one. You're or whatever. By the it end, is. you're not really even caring about the rough drafts. Right. You're just like, I have the same I do. I'll just rip it out. Right. It's not a big deal. I'm not stressing it. You I don't really teach- care what grade I get. You want to teach them right. morals and values, but beyond that, they're going to be who they're going to be. You know, right. the one thing, though, that I wish I had done uh, differently, and I do, I have tried to do that here with people, and now we're just, there's just the three of us at the trailer, so mm. um, we've kind of, like, <laughs> changed the focus of our business so we don't have a bunch of employees, and that's kind of not the direction we're going in right now. But one thing I was trying to, one thing that always gets me, in with employees or people that I'm having to teach and everything else is creating an environment where they can question me or where they can bring an issue to me or things like that. And one thing I feel like I've kind of failed as a parent was I taught my kids to respect authority, but I didn't, I don't feel that I taught them well enough on how to respectfully question authority. Okay. And I feel like that's to have that confidence of being like, how do you approach this? You've got a dad who's like drawn the line, boom. Mm-hmm. How do you break down that barrier with him? And you got in trouble for something. So how do you take ownership of that? How do you have that conversation with him um, and have the confidence to have that conversation and have the self-awareness and the humility and all of that? And I feel like that is an important part of becoming an adult is learning all of those things. And I don't feel that I did a direct approach on teaching that to my kids. I try to teach it with employees of like, hey, when you have an issue, you can come to me. If you have a question about how I'm telling you to do something and you have an idea how it can be done better, talk to me about it mm-hmm. i would consider that you know if you're running late or you're gonna be late you're late just own it with me just tell me and we, i can deal with that um don't try to bs me you know or whatever else but how mm-hmm. do you create that environment where they feel comfortable to talk to you yeah and that's mm-hmm. not just respecting authority or fearing authority but how to question authority and how to i don't know communicate on a different level well some people just as far as like say for you being the boss being the parent 
like how do you portray that to those people that are around you that they can first come to you and even question that you know or do you want to um train somebody to where they feel comfortable in questioning anybody can you do that i, I don't know i'll tell you this though as far as like in, being in a leadership um stance which you guys are in and i'm kind of in as well and i'm still working on it um is going up to them and telling them point blank you got an issue with me come tell me and i'm going to tell you that i'm i'm going to do i'm going to come with this approach um with with kindness i'm not going to yell at you i'm not going to do any of that stuff but it's hard for people to believe that right because not all people that are in authority want to be questioned right whether it's respectfully or not right and like my youngest son i, I either did him a service or a disservice mm -hmm. i think we'll see but he questions everything and he's not afraid to ask yeah. so i know he'll butt heads with a lot of teachers <laughs> because he questions things and they yeah. don't like that some of the teachers are like awesome that's great <laughs> and but some of the teachers are like mm, right don't like that yep. so and it's just but Tough. he's me yeah. i i one, questioned everything yeah. but one thing i think he's been figuring out along the way is and i don't know if he does this at school but i know at home so he, he does question things but one thing he has gotten better at is owning things. Yes. So I'm wondering if he's deploying that at school with teachers enough to be like, hey, I will own this. I will own this, you know, or, or having he that self-awareness and responsibility, like when he messes up to own something and that diffuses a situation. Yeah. And he has quickly. lots. I've had lots of teachers say, yeah, he'll, he'll admit, he'll admit it. You know, yeah. he's admitted it. He didn't try but to lie. Fi but funny how many adults get into the workplace who don't who don't who can't do that i think that's such a valuable lesson that he's been learning early oh yeah is how to diffuse a situation by just owning something yeah. and dealing with employees and and now me looking back as like oh when i was an employee i mean i i hope that i was that guy who owned something instead of always making up an excuse or an angle of where I might not be at fault for something instead yeah. of just owning it. Mm -hmm. and well, you take everybody, that's why I'd always tell Gage for years and now he's finally getting it. It's like, if you own it, what can anyone say to you? Right. Like you've just taken all the wind out of their sails and they, yeah, what can they say? Well, you know, as, as far as what you guys are doing, I think it's fantastic you know and I, I think that's great that you do that and I think it's okay for kids to question teachers I think it's okay for them to um, to question any kind of authority that they're in because like too. like we say you know it's we want a reason to as to why we're doing this and if we think one way teach us why exactly you know? don't, but, don't take what somebody says that's how you get into bad situations right it's just by believing everything everybody tells you and following everybody that well, right and there's a way to actually approach it too you know and that's i think that's the one thing that we got to teach our kids is how to approach it instead of being like well my daddy says no that's not right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah how many people nowadays though are growing up to just not question anything that's being you know a lot of the society you man. know and, and that's the thing is like just doing what they're told it's like it's either we throw a tantrum in society because and we're going to burn something down yeah um or we just go along with it you yeah. know and we're seeing i feel like we're seeing so much of that in the last yeah. couple of years with the things that have gone on to where now people are like they either don't know how to question authority respectfully mm -hmm. um and call somebody out on the carpet yeah or 
or they're going to throw a fit and burn. You know, they're just going to either burn it down or they're just going to go along. There's no it. debate. There's no conversations. There's no doing research and questioning it and digging deep, further deep into things. It's just take it at face value and that's it. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And so I'm glad I see my, all my kids are different. My daughter now, she doesn't question anything. She's just going to do what she's told. That's it. Yeah. My son, he's going to question everything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, that's that's that whole process of, you know, first child, second child, third child, yeah. fourth child. And we we get better as as we go through it. And I'll I'll tell you with my with my boy Chase, he was my first one of mine and Tara's and that's the one that we uh, you know, he was our rough draft. I don't really like that saying, but rough draft. Uh, and first draft, yeah, and, first draft. And he was he was quite he was quite timid, and it was because of me. He was scared because of me. Uh, he did a lot of like um, very unconfident in a lot of things because of me. And uh, you were buoyed. I'm gonna have to blow, I'm gonna have to fuzz that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't say that name and have people be like, "Who was training? You, you, Who trained these you guys?" You said it. You said it. You said it first. Uh, <laughs> you said it earlier. Oh no! Like, yes, you better get that out of there because I, I don't know. want him to come I'm back. I'm gonna have to go back up. and listen to all of this and be <laughs> right. like, beep "Bleep!" It. Yeah. So, uh, do you ever run into him? Uh, no, not anymore. He retired. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll let it roll. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna be yeah. able to come across this. He he's not he's not really like technical. Uh, savvy either you know like yeah at least from what i remember but um but to like help out or kind of give you a little bit of like motivation um chase came out of that shell and um he stands up for himself he lets his bosses know what he thinks um and he's able to rub off rub off like people getting mad at him now Mm -hmm. You know, and but it's it's not because he learned from from dealing with me being difficult. It's eventually um, I was able to change and he was able to see that change. Yep. And then knowing that uh, he can change, too. Yep. And he did that. So, you know, he's in the welding industry. Uh, he works out at True North Steel and he's he's welding out there. And you have to get tough. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta stuff. have a thick skin, yeah. right? And and you gotta let people know what's gonna go on, otherwise, you're gonna get hurt. So, yeah. that helped him too. So, it wasn't just that he was able to see me change, he got into an environment where he also had to make that change and yeah. see the fly or die, you know. Um, but he he did he's doing a lot better with that now yeah. and he's he's doing good. That's so, pretty huge for you to say, though, that uh, he saw that I could change, so then he could then make that change yeah, yeah. and I, that's an important one yeah, yeah my kids seen that mm -hmm. from my oldest to my youngest you know during the times you know and when you're in life situations and they're not good situations and it makes you not a very happy person and yeah. so you know your kids feel that it gets put off onto your kids mm -hmm. and that so it's not until you remove yourself from those situations that you notice your change and then the kids notice whoa mom's different you know yeah. and so yeah. yeah that's all been huge so what uh, so what made you like all of a sudden like make that change? Was there something in life that happened or was it was it something good question? Yeah. That I'm interested is too. A good Go. question. Um I just, you know, there for a while it was like, okay, the old saying you made your bed, you know, gotta sleep make the best it. of it. Gotta yeah. sleep in it, let's make the best of it and I'm gonna do this. Which worked for a while. Yeah. But deep down it didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it just you know, I'm one of these people that like I don't give up. I don't give up. I will 
keep pushing, 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 pushing. And I mean, I will try every avenue. I will talk. I will do whatever it takes. But then, like with anything, there comes a point when you're like, okay, this isn't like I have to, enough's enough. I got to call it quits. Right. And so I changed a lot of things in my life and I went down a completely different road sure. and decided that I needed selfishly, it was probably, some of it was probably selfish, that I needed to be. I needed to be happy in order for my kids to, sh to show my kids to have a happy mom. That's sure. what they needed out of life is to have a happy mom. Yeah. And so I just made that happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then when I realized I took a lot of that out of my life, a lot of things that was causing stress or those things, I realized I was, yeah. you know, and it just, I was just different. Yeah. That's, that's a good story. That's, that's good. Um, it wasn't easy. It was one of the most difficult roads I ever went down in my entire life, but it was one of the best at the end. See, and that's what's the good thing is like, you know, you and I'm I, I always have scripture on my mind as far as like way I'm supposed to learn things like all all things work to the good of them that love God. And there's the other words where it's like, um, you know, count it all joy when you fall upon diverse temptations and it's to help you grow. Right. And and it's to help you to know that the reason why those came to be is to um, help you be a better person and to help your children. You yeah. know, like the way we grew up in humble beginnings is because we we needed to feel that so that we can do better. And, you know, thank God that you're able to see that. And, yeah. And uh, do better. Yeah. So definitely. that's that's a good story. So keep hanging on to that. I mean, I'm not I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist <laughs> or anything like that. And the reason why I say that, April, is because that's what helped me. Yeah. Is is stories like that where you hear that, and you know, what's also comforting is that I'm not the only parent that dealt with this. You know, and and that's that's quite comforting. Like we've we've all been there. We've all been at that point where uh, we're not perfect. Yeah. You right? really. Just, I just. Yeah. You just needed to go through those hard things to you know realize what's important out of it all and like go down those struggles or right. I wouldn't be who I am now and, right and you learn as much way. as I hate the things that you know the mistakes I made or the struggles I went through as much as I hate them I also have to love it too because like, yeah, that's who I am now. Absolutely. So. And that's that's a fantastic. That's great. And I'm going to carry that with me, too, because I stories I can share with my kids and my grandkids. And that's one thing that I want to, like, tell them, you know, and I've I've told my kids before, you know, don't don't be like me. Do better than yes. what I did. And I'm going to tell you with anything with kids that's where the most of your grace and your mercy needs to be and understanding of what they did. And that was my turning point, uh, was I wasn't thinking like a child. I was thinking more of like an adult because I understand you should understand Yeah. because I don't like it. You shouldn't like it, you know? And, and it's my parents, I tell my parents this, this says, that sounds like a like you're autistic and I said uh, well obviously I'm not but I, I see that but I think it's how you're raised too you know and I know sure. that's how I was raised too with that you know the the parenting and that it's like you know you do as I do you do as I say mm -hmm. you do you think like I think you you know what I'm saying yeah. like that's the only correct way right right for me personally right but. so when I was when I was uh dealing with this and not even realize that I was dealing with it uh, one day I was able I was with my kids and I yelled for Cohen and Chase 
right, to come to come to me because I wanted to tell him tell him something or I had wanted him to do something. I can't remember what it was. But man, they ran into that room. They ran into the room where I was and stood at attention like they were in the military, waiting for dad to tell him to do something. And I can see in their face that they were kind of like scared or nervous that they were going to mess up if I, because their, their full attention was on me. Yeah. And then when I asked them to do it, it was like they were trying to be very, very careful. And that didn't came to realization for me at that point, but I noticed something was weird, right? And then I think it was uh, two weeks later, we went to California to go visit some of Tara's um, family down there. And uh, it was Cohen that brought me to kind of look more of at a kid's point of view and to be more more patient and more understanding and it was because of the words that he used when he was like four years old we were at the airport we were at the utah airport and he was playing with some stuffed animals and it was really quiet in there it was nice it was peaceful right i was like oh this is great no not a whole lot of commotion and um and he started getting loud making really like screaming and yelling noises with these these stuffed animals that he had and I said, Cohen, you got to stop. You're making too much noise. You do it again, and I'm taking those stuffed animals away from you, right? And so he's like, okay, Dad, I promise I won't. And then he started playing with them some more, right? And then slowly the the voice volume got louder and louder and louder. And then it got really loud. I said, that's it. I'm grabbing it. I'm taking your toy. And I grabbed it from him. He said, Dad, I'm sorry. I just got caught up in the moment. And that broke my heart. How old was he? He was four. That's what I'm saying. The words that he said. That's and like, what registered with that you. Was he's like, he's a kid. He was in his own little world. They had this one way of thinking, and they don't know any other thinking except the way that a kid can think. And then when I saw that, that broke my heart. You know, I was like, I wasn't letting my kids be kids. In fact, I was trying to make them adult yep. at a young age. Yeah. And then when I saw that, like, Oh, he's actually a little kid. I mean, how sad is that? You know, when you're just like, I just realized that my kid was a kid at, at then and he was four. But you were caught up in your moment. I was. I was caught up in what I wanted. Yeah. And I wanted my kids to be like me. Yep. And that hurt him. And, and after that moment, I was just like, I fought myself, you know, does that make sense? Like you got to yes. hold back that urge and he just realized that he's a kid. And the frustration, like you can just build up inside of you. You're so frustrated. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But you just have to You feel your face getting red, Yeah. you know? And so it was, um, it was quite after that. I can't say I got immediately better by no means, but it helped me after that yeah. to realize that they were kids you know because they'd come in and they like, they would salute and everything i'm like stop it i think <laughs> quit all right and like well we want to show you that we're ready to do whatever you said i say just be as relaxed as possible and i told him i am i am sorry yeah that i had you guys there's a time that. and a or moment you had that you, feeling you had to do that yeah there's times and moments where your kids need to be quiet and paying attention mm -hmm. and there's times and moments where they need to be kids and so it's just finding those times and what's you know respectable at that moment of doing and it's interesting though that they were able to exaggerate their actions to you that, that was cohen he yeah that actually 
then made you see that red flag like mm-hmm. until they exaggerated that that's why i'm chuckling at it, is like it's like they they exaggerated their actions that then caused you to see like hey there's a red flag here we need to yeah. do something different right and i but I, unless they had you probably wouldn't have saw that red flag absolutely not and it was it was his word choice like yeah. you're saying it was his word choice that he used that they were adult words at yeah. the age of four I got caught up in the moment. What four-year-old says that, man? I mean, maybe there is some more. But when he said that, he was able to express that to me, and I was able to understand. Yeah, but also, he just owned it. Yeah. And that's a a, a wild, like, example of a four-year-old who took, like what what April Mm -hmm. said, he took all your power away. Yeah. Because he just owned it. Absolutely. He owned it yep. and you had nothing left to go on. Absolutely. So I he would, disarmed yeah. you. Right. <laughs> and it was it was like Tara watched it, you know. Yeah. I I mean I'll I'll it, be honest with tr- you. It's a tremendous power move. Yeah. It it was it's taking the power. Right. And Tara Tara was like kind of afraid of me too for a while there too, because she never knew what I was going to do. Yeah. You know, but when she saw that, I like I said, I, I grabbed that that stuffed animal from him when he said that. I didn't say a word. I just went, you can have it back, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that was it. And I told my brother Elby about that. He's like, what'd you do? I said, you gave the toy back. He's like, you better. Yeah. And he said, he said, did you stutter or anything? I said, no, man, I, I had no words. No, none. I, I look at it like it is that is to own it, to, to own your actions is a power move. Absolutely. It completely disarms. He disarmed you. Mm-hmm. And you can only have, you almost have nothing but respect for that. Right. Like you earned it. Yeah. Like you own that. That wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. That's not easy for people to own their actions. And you earned it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. how I interpret that. Yeah. And it was, it was a, it was something that I needed. Yeah. And it was, it was great. And it, it helped out. So this is good stuff right here, man. This is, this is fantastic. And, I hope other people, like, if they do hear this and listen to this, they say, huh, right? Or otherwise they're going to be like, ah, Ben's a wimp. You know, the thing <laughs> that I, I would get from all this stuff is like, is I don't know, at times I feel like, I don't know, I look at other people and I'm always feeling like, oh, they like, they got it figured out or mm-hmm. they got it figured out. It's these moments where you talk with friends and you're like, oh, we're all going through the same things. Mm-hmm. And we get strength in knowing that, we're not alone. Yeah. Other people are dealing with and this And you can stuff. do it. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I beat myself up over parenting things all the time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, they 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 grew up okay despite me, mm-hmm. you know? And I was their hindrance, or I was this, or I was that. Anyway, but then when you talk to other people, and you're all raising your kids, like, I see you. You're in your, your kids are sharp. You guys always come by. Your kids are super respectful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't, I don't get to witness those moments that, that you're having difficulties or challenges and you, it's a teaching moment or you're this or you're that or the times that you're frustrated or whatever. But when I see you and your kids together, I'm like, gosh, those, they always just seem like happy and dialed in and everybody, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it, yeah. but to hear that there, there's those other times, you know, there's those times where you question yourself mm-hmm. or the struggles that they've gone through and you're in your in a way you're owning it in your own way too now. And, um, I don't know. It just makes you feel more like, Oh, it's okay. We all make mistakes. We're all out here just trying. My daughter told me the other, I was actually having a conversation with her months ago and she was like, I don't know. We were talking about kids and growing up with our family and our folks and everything and she was like I don't know I think about you and mom and I mean I guess I guess you got you know I and 
and she was she was talking about issues that she's having now because mm -hmm. of her childhood sure and then she's like but i look back at it and you guys were just doing the best you could mm. and i told her i said no we weren't no we weren't she's mm -hmm. like well i mean what do you mean i said i could have done better yeah i mean sure. it's great and it's real easy for me to sit here and just say now alex i was young we had a young family mm. i was doing the best i could right i wasn't yeah i wasn't doing the best i could mm. I didn't get up every single day saying, I'm doing the best I can today. I said, there were times I just made poor decisions or I was lazy or I was irresponsible yeah. or I was this or I was that. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and just cop out and say everything about your child was, it's fine because I was doing the best I could. So right. just deal with it. I wasn't, I yeah. had weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I said, and now you're at that age now where you're starting to figure out, Alex, are you doing the best you can sure. all the time? Right. Well, and I think the huge step with all that is, and even now I try with my kids, is just being vulnerable with your kids. People aren't vulnerable with their kids. They yeah. want their kids to say, oh, I'm like this superhuman and do no wrong and I'm all this. So they try to hide all that. Right. Just having your vulnerability with your yeah. kids and then realize mm -hmm. they're real. You're a real person. You have these things. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the big things that, you know, me growing up as a, as a, as a child is to actually hear your parents say, I love you, you know, and I told that to my dad. I tell him that every day now when I, when I talk to him on the phone and he said, you know, out of all of my kids, I want them to know that I love them, but I know I never say it. And I think that one little part does kind of help with just saying those three words. Just to expressing them. it. Yeah. Because my dad had different ways of doing it. Like, you know, like I said, we, we grew up poor, right? And uh, he did what he could to make sure that we were as comfortable as possible. He never said, I loved you and I care about you. But it was through his actions that I knew it without him saying it. But it would have been nice to hear it, you know, because you're still kind of, does he like me? You know, because when we, and this is kind of like a, uh, a sad but kind of humbling story, is that we... Uh, in our house, you know, eight kids and we lost our water heater. We didn't have a water heater for probably about two or three months. So my dad and we, we still needed to take baths and we, yeah. Right. So my dad will warm up water on our, on our, uh, electric stove and then carry it to the bathtub to fill up the bathtub, like a five gallon or like a four gallon pot, just heat it up dump it in there heat up the next one dump it dump that in there and he would get up at four o'clock in the morning to do that for me and my older brothers so that we'd all be able to take a warm bath and that was his way of showing that he cares for us and know? at that time you didn't realize it no. now you look back yeah. at that and now you're like i was i was mad as a kid go get my water heater fixed yeah, what's going on here exactly you know because they can't comprehend that stuff no. as kids and so no. i feel as parents we get mad at our kids because they don't understand or they're not being appreciative but they don't know they don't they can't they can't right and see <laughs> and then at that point when my dad was doing that that was his way of saying that i love you yeah. but again it would have been nice to say hey i love you or you know my dad, he, great person. I, I really love him. He's been quite uh, the motivator for, for me now as, a, as an adult. Um, but, you know, at that point, when I put my kids through decision to things because of my decisions, I go up to him, I'm sorry that I caused this. 
you know, or I'm sorry that I'm not able to fix this, you know, not saying that I wish that my dad would have done that, but I think at that point would have showed more of his heart towards us, you know, to help us out and to help us understand and maybe even put him, put us in his shoes, you know, like I can't afford to do this right now, you know, but we had no idea. We were just, we were just kids, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think interesting how, how important it is to express that though. Like you, yeah. like you say, I fall into that category sometimes where I feel like I'm showing my love, but I need to express it more. Right. And how far that goes with the, the receiving. Yeah. And see, and I, I recently did that with Cohen too. Uh, and I, I didn't say it enough to him and it was kind of like in passing. I love you. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like you would say, I love a friend or I love a brother, you know, that's the way it kind of felt. And then, uh, you know, he went off to Wisconsin for his uh, uh, mission training, and I wrote him a I wrote him a letter, and I just put it in his backpack, and I told him how he helped me grow up, and told him that I loved him, and I got this long letter back, and say, and I was he was telling me I know, Dad, and I know that you love me, and I know that you did your best with what you can do, and he said, and. Uh, your passion has helped me do what I'm doing right now, which was kind of neat to hear. But at, at the point was, is that I finally let him know deep down that of how I actually feel no holds bar and nothing like that. And then when he came back from the youth mission, now I'm just going to say that the, the youth mission actually changed my boy too, as far as like getting out of his comfortability bubble that he had, which is like no hugs and, Uh and you know, crowds weren't his thing and so he had to get out of that bubble and then when he came back home and I was surprised that he was home I wasn't sure if he was going to make the plane right because you know we were at that 40 below or 35 below or whatever yeah and he was home and he was waiting for me and he snuck behind the door and just like tackled me and gave me a big hug I was like oh man that was like one of the best hugs I've ever had um but it was that that little release that helped him to um be more open with me now he he'll call me and ask me about you know doing some bible studies or he'll he'll text me about um political things here and there we used to not do that too often you know yeah and and now he's we're doing it quite a bit more and um that was the one one child that i needed help to do that with yeah because i called him dad he's a smart kid you know and he yeah. was he was my kid guy i go to and i would i'd try to help i'd try to reason with him with my plans and he'd help me think through it and so it was a great release and uh, it was fantastic it was it was really good so now we're on a different level as far as uh, yeah. dad and dad and son and as we learn and grow they're learning and growing yes yeah. yeah it's uh i know i see that in my kids too they are finally uh I, not finally anything, but they're going through stages now where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're hitting those a- areas of do- adulthood now that I'm like, oh, that was that was a time for me or that I was dealing with this and this and this. And we're, it, we're having more we're able to relate with each other mm. more, I guess. It's it, we're, we're on more even ground where we can now relate with each other. They're relating. Right. And uh, I, people sometimes don't want their kids to grow up. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the times that my kids were young, but I also like. I appreciate these times too. Sure. 
like it almost like oh isn't it nice that we can like we're almost like we're like having an understanding of each other better now yeah. we're not as in like i'm this and you're this down here mm -hmm. now we're all figuring this out together right. you know and um it's just another a part of it all i guess i appreciate that process absolutely and hopefully so. they learn from that and hopefully yeah. you know we act like you say tell your kids don't be like me and talk to your kids like they're human beings talk to them like they're kids not down to them but I'm on their level on their level and man that helps out yeah. so much that's helped out a lot mr ben berg yeah you're a deep fellow and i appreciate you i hope this is one of uh, many talks that we have i've enjoyed our time yeah catching um, up together absolutely and i'm going to tell you that i think it's a shame that we don't talk more often i agree i agree 100%. i'm going to put that on you though <laughs> uh, you know where I am. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and now you know where we are. Right. So, uh, yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll do this a lot more often. I got all kinds of stuff I want to get into about life with you. Cause yeah. I do. I appreciate your perspective. I was going to say, man, that I, I had I had a lot more questions just for you. I was actually going to interview you and figure out more on, on, on Milo in April here. Because I actually have a lot of, a huh. lot of questions. Can, well, uh, like I said, we'll do that sometime. you've been my muse. <laughs> well man i have nothing but love and respect for you and like i say whenever you're ready to throw your lot in with ours that offer always stands absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> thanks ben yeah you bet all right man we'll uh, we'll do it soon okay thanks april yeah april <laughs>